Welcome to another FFG Financial Insights Podcast. My name is Brian Ullman. I'm a certified financial planner and financial advisor here at Ford Financial Group. I'm joined again by Nick Redmond and Ryan Louie, who are also advisors and certified financial planners here at the office. Gentlemen. Hi, Brian. Welcome to another one. Um, We're talking today about risk tolerance. Uh, we're in in our last podcast. We talked about how um, younger investors should be kind of prepared to weather um, difficult investing kind of periods, I guess. And one of the things that we talked about or mentioned over and over was risk tolerance and the idea of risk tolerance. And I don't think we ever actually defined what that was. Uh, and so I think this can kind of be a supplement to our last discussion, which is talking about. You know, we mentioned risk tolerance. Now let's talk about what risk tolerance is and how it affects um, clients, so um, or investors just generally. So, I I, I think at a bi- at the most base level, it, risk tolerance is exactly what it says it is. It's your tolerance for risk or your tolerance for your investments fluctuating up and down when mm-hmm. markets are good and bad. Your ability is to handle losses, right? Right, and not necessarily. Realized losses, but unrealized losses, just like Brian said, the fluctuations, fluctuations in, in the, the account. Right. Um, as you're, so if you're not selling, you're not realizing those losses, and, and you can tolerate maybe a little bit more than if you had to sell. Sure. Yeah, I mean, at its most base level, we're talking about risk and reward, mm-hmm. right? So if you are shooting for a bigger reward in your portfolio, chances are you're taking on more risk or needing to take on more risk. And if you don't want more risk in your portfolio or you want something really conservative, you need to expect lower returns because you're not taking the risk that could give you that potential. Well, essentially, one goes with the other. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Risk-reward. So um, having an understanding of your tolerance for risk is an important thing. Um, And misdiagnosing or misidentifying your tolerance for risk can kind of create some problems in your portfolio, right? Yeah, so... With some of the participants I deal with in retirement plans, I will oftentimes have younger clients come in or younger younger participants come in and you know they don't have a financial advisor. So they're off doing it on their own and, th- and, and trying to think about their portfolio from just their own perspective without having someone help them. And oftentimes a lot of these people you know, don't want to take on a lot of risk. Younger, 20, 20s or 30s. Um, and you have to talk them through the fact of but if you don't have the risk, if you don't take the risk, you can't achieve the higher returns, especially early on. And right. when you, you should be able to take it on. And then, therefore, your retirement won't be able to grow to where it needs to be. Sure. There's, mm-hmm. there's that. I mean, it, you're doing a poor job of planning for your retirement if you're not taking on the appropriate amount of risk early on. Because you're going to, like we mentioned in the last one, you're going to have to survive a couple of ups and downs over the decades, risk recessions and good times as well as bad. And the, the opposite is also true, Nick, right? For older clients or clients, maybe not even older clients, but necessary clients who are needing to tap into that money sooner, being too aggressive or even gambling a bit with their portfolio, right? Right. Yeah. They can definitely get into trouble with that. And they, they again, they think they can, they can weather something. Uh, but then when they open their statements, they look at it and they, they realize that their account's down a bit. And again, because they haven't made any trades, taken any actions, it can certainly come back, but uh, it's that temporary feeling. Yeah, well, and it leads to, I, I think if you misdiagnose your risk tolerance and you are more aggressive than you ought to be, or you, you think you, you're you think you're prepared to weather the storm and you're not, that can lead to bad investing decisions where you're selling when the market's down. Mm-hmm. And that is, you, that is truly shooting yourself in the foot where you're selling your investments at a low point because you 
in advance, whether it was a year or two or multiple years in advance, were misdiagnosing what you thought you could tolerate. And I, I find for a lot of people also, y- y- your risk tolerance is truly discovered when markets are bad. Yes. Mm-hmm. In two, seven, 2017 was a great year for, for stocks, right? At the end of 2017, everybody, if you would ask people what their risk tolerance was, they would have said probably a measure higher than it actually mm-hmm. was because they were coming off of a really good year. Stocks are doing well. Oh, I can handle the risk. Cause, but it's only because the skies were blue. Really. And that's a mis- misdiagnosis that you're talking about, right. though, is because when the markets are going up, especially up over a long period of time, people feel comfortable or they think that at least they feel comfortable mm-hmm. with the risk and having a higher allocation into stocks. Exactly. But like you yeah. said, when a larger term correction comes, it really tests whether that was the right thing or not. That's when you yeah. find out what you're made of. Right. Right. Um, and so one of the ways that we try and uh, figure, try and objectively sort out what someone's risk tolerance might be is through a risk survey or a questionnaire. Right. Mm-hmm. And these are, fa- these are fairly common. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, I know our survey asks some questions relating to a person's age and then some questions relating to a person's need from their portfolio, if they need to take money out and those kinds of things. And then a larger set of questions of how they would feel if the market was going up and going down. And our, our, the profile questionnaire, the investor profile questionnaire we use here isn't all that different from some others, the other advisors or other programs use. Right. Right. Um, Do you think those are useful? Yes, I think so. It kind of gives them a, a, an idea of what they're investing in because a lot of times they'll ask, do you feel comfortable with blue chip stocks or overseas stocks or certificates of deposit? And so it gets them thinking a little bit of what, what, to, what kind of instruments they'll see in their portfolio. And then you know, that combined with, say, a lot of times what we'll do is you know, say the market, you have 60% in stocks, the market goes down 30%. Well, that's an 18 18- percent loss and that's uh translate that into dollars how would you feel about that so that combined with a a few other things i don't think we i don't think we typically stick to just one way to find it and i don't think a lot of other people do as well i I think your questionnaire gives us a quantitative way to measure things as opposed to just discussing it and you know we've had conversations and phone Mm -hmm. calls and meetings and based on that i think that you're this um it it helps us quantify quantify yeah it. because the me- it's this is it's far from a science mm, right? right because people's risk tolerances change as they age and those kinds of things it is a qualitative and a quantitative analysis here where in our case at our office if we're using one of these surveys to tr- to try and figure out someone's tolerance for risk that sometimes is a starting point mm-hmm. or if we've had clients that have been here for a long time we say this is simply we're going to we're going to put the results of this against where we think we are and it's not that if you, let's say on a five scale, you fill out the questionnaire and it, you come out as, as a risk level of one, the lowest, if, if after dealing with a client for years and we have them at a four, but the questionnaire says they're a one, okay, we are really far apart on this. <laughs> let's have a serious discussion about where we, this portfolio ought to be for you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I, I'm always a bit hesitant when we're having clients fill these things out, not because I don't like them, but because I don't want them, I don't want clients or anybody really to think that this is just it. You take a Cosmo quiz of your risk and then we plug <laughs> you into some sort of portfolio because it's, right. it's not at all how it works. It's it's simply another tool that we use in addition to talking right. with people and, right. and working with them on stuff. Um, so it, there are different levels of risk tolerance 
you know, when we talk about measuring it, okay, so we measure it and you get some sort of score. Um, Nick, you want to talk about where that kind of falls in with, with aggressive and moderate and conservative risk and how we do things here a little bit? Right, right. So we break it down even a little bit more than that, um, kind of into five categories. Um, uh, the aggressive being yeah, the, the client who thinks that they can weather almost any storm in, in the stock market and they, they want to take that risk either because they're young, they have time uh, to weather that, or if they really are trying to achieve a goal and they realize that in order to achieve that goal, they need uh, to be a little bit more aggressive. And then that, and that would be a portfolio made of all equities, right. whether it's stocks or stock funds, mutual funds, ETFs, mm -hmm. and so on. And so the highest risk portfolio, but also the highest potential for right. gains over time. Right. Right? Again, yeah, the risk and return, highest risk, highest potential reward. And then yeah, just breaking down a little bit further into the moderate, a, a good mix, whether it's a 40% or a 60% mix of, of stocks and bonds, and then the most conservative being the really the clients who just want to protect their nest egg and might, might need to take income, um, again, for whatever reason. Well, and our, our most conservative portfolios here still sometimes have stock in them. Mm -hmm. yes. um, you know, I think when we are looking at, we will have clients come in and say, I really, I'm conservative, I want a conservative portfolio, conservative, and oftentimes what they're, what they're actually trying to say is, I want all bonds. I don't want to be in the stock market. But even if you're all bonds, you have all of your eggs in one basket. That basket just happens to be bonds, right? There's still risk to it. It's just sure. different, different, a different mm -hmm. type of risk associated with bonds, and there is there is stocks, right? So we, which and you, so you can make an argument, and this is what we do here on our most conservative portfolios. We have up to twenty. It can even drift up to thirty percent of a portfolio in equities, and that's still a conservative portfolio because it's diverse. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, it's not moving all over the place because, again, the, lim the, the limited amount of stocks in it. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're trying to create parameters that we're working inside of. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, we're gonna, naturally, if things are doing well, we might drift and you might have, let's say we're aiming to have 20% of your portfolio in stock funds. Those might grow faster than the bonds and eventually you wind up with a little bit more than that. And we just need to make sure that's by design. Right. Instead right. of by happenstance. Um, so, Ryan, why don't you talk a little bit about how age plays into risk tolerance? Is it all an age thing? They say younger investors should be more aggressive and older investors should be more conservative. I know there's some random Jack Bogle has some sort of ratio based on your age. And yeah, I think, the, I think the rule of thumb is you take uh, 110 and subtract your age from it, and that's, how, that's the percentage of stocks you should have. So if you're, you take 110, you're 30 years old, you should have 80% in stocks. It's, it's a rule of thumb. It's a, yeah. it's a good, I mean, for, again, somebody that might not be working with an advisor, right? you know, maybe rules of thumbs are good just to give you a good gauge of where you should point, be. Because yes. like I said, sometimes you talk to these young people and they just don't want to take on a lot of risk. You know, the discussion then becomes, if you're not taking a lot of risk, then you got to save a lot more because your returns are going to be, you know, you need to make up for the lower returns. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but generally speaking, yeah, the younger, the, you know, the younger you are, sh you should be taking a lot of risk. If you yeah. have 40 unfortunately, maybe 50 years to retirement, you know, something like that. You, yeah. It doesn't, again, matter what's going to happen in between right. in the next week, and, the next and month. It, and it boils down to need a little bit also, right? If right. you have someone who's in their 70s or 80s and they're never going to touch this money, they view it as inheritance for their kids and grandkids, they're going to be less conservative, right? That, that's a way to look at it from a, a goal standpoint, I suppose, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Not from an age standpoint, because 70, most people would think, oh, I need to be pretty conservative. But again, if your goal is to pass the money along right. and right. it's going to last another generation potentially, you can take more risk. Right. Yeah. So, and, so it's almost like age is a starting point 
for the discussion of what your goals might be. So you, if someone is young, you can assume, or you can at least, you can begin the discussion by saying you're less likely to need this money. Or if you're older, you're more likely to need this money. But you need to take that second step and have that discussion and say, okay, what's this about here? Right, right. Yeah, we've, like you said, we've got a lot of starting points, right? The, the survey, the rules of thumb that Ryan mentioned, and then their age, um, and just how they, other experiences that they've had in the market. So a lot of starting points that really can, begin the conversation and, and go from there to really try to hone in on what they're, what we're trying right, to do. Right. Cause the them. flip side is let's, we talked about college savings plans before, Nick, if you've got someone who's 16 or 17 and about to tap into that to pay for tuition and books, they're going to need to be conservative, mm -hmm. just like someone who's about to retire or is deep into retirement. So it's not all just age. Um, but I will say it, risk tolerance is an important discussion to have and is probably one of your threshold discussions that you would have with an advisor or with us uh, when you're working with us, because that's where, as far as portfolio construction is concerned, that's one of the places where we start, mm -hmm. if not the place to start. Right. right? So, Absolutely. um, have we missed anything? You need to cover anything else as it relates to risk tolerance? No, I think we're good. Okay, good. I'm glad we've been able to define it for everybody. Um, if you have questions for us, you can reach us at info at fordfg.com. You can also find us on our website at www.fordfg.com. Our phone number here locally is 559-449-8690. Um, you can use any of those ways to reach out to Ryan or Nick or myself or any of the other advisors here. Um, and I think we're all set until next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All Thanks, right. Brian. Now it's time for some disclosures. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.